0: Well, hey, Babble Love listeners, so glad y'all are back with us today. Today, you just have Alan and I, so hope everybody's okay with that. We're going to start with um, a prayer from the Book of Common Prayer. Um, in the back of the pr- Book of Common Prayer, there's lots of prayers and thanksgivings for different things. And so today... My heart fell on um, a prayer for joy in God's creation. And this is sort of the older language, the right one language. So the Lord be with you. Also with you. Oh, heavenly Father, who has filled the world with beauty, open our eyes to behold thy gracious hand and all thy works, that rejoicing in in thy whole creation, we may learn to serve thee with gladness. For the sake of him through whom all things were made. Thy son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Right, Alan, I put Alan on the spot today, and so yeah. I wanted him to talk about a psalm or two that means a lot to him. So, share it with us,
1: yeah. I mean, first off, thanks to your mom for listening. Number one, yeah, but apparently, <laughs> she thinks I don't. Speak up enough. Where actually, I think she thinks you talk too much.
0: I was about to say that is much not much what she up. said. And so she "I'm going to frame
1: this in a positive light for me." Yeah, it's not that I don't talk enough; it's that you, Mary Balfour, talk too much. Sorry.
0: Absolutely, that's exactly what what she said. No. And so, uh, go. I have for
1: teenagers. It. I get interrupted all the time. I'm used. Yeah. To that. <laughs> like, when you're a dad with teenagers, like you're used to just being silent and doing whatever. Yeah. No, so yeah um, Mary Balfour asked me to think about my favorite song And this is a little ridiculous How it became my favorite song But as I've done more thinking and praying over it Over the past 30 years now at this point uh, I have a better reason But it has to start with U2 and Bono
0: Mm. I love a good U2 story (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, so middle school, Alan and his uh, best friend, Nick Ketter. Uh, Nick was a huge U2 guy, and I didn't really know much about him. Um, I was more into, like, country and rap mm-hmm. um, as, like, a 10-year-old, whatever. But then I meet this buddy who loves U2, and we just start listening through everything. Um, and they have a song called Forty. Mm-hmm. it was maybe you've heard a live version it was their whole war tour which was like the mid 80s at some point like it was the closing song they did and it's a whole I'll link to it I've I've watched this a bunch they sing the song and then at the end is a worship concert right like this is U2 the biggest act on the planet of those days and they close um, their concert singing um, this song and the very last bit is where the tens of thousands of people there start singing along. So it's pretty ridiculous that I'm an Episcopal priest. And my favorite Psalm is thanks to Bono. Um, but God works in mysterious ways.
0: That's I, right.
1: Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to hear my cry. Um, yeah. What is there to say about it?
0: Well, a couple of things uh, that come to mind. Sorry, mom, I'm talking, but first of all, I don't know if you've ever participated in this. I have not participated in this, but I've always been very intrigued by it. I have seen some of his churches do like a U2 Eucharist, basically, yeah, I did. where it's all, tell, have you been yeah, a part of so, this?
1: Yeah. So Elizabeth and I, um, we have planted church. Eight, 17 years ago now, God, I'm old. Um, so in the mid 2000s, we were part of a church in um the uptown part of dallas this is a fancy right one church smells and bells and everything Mm -hmm. it was situated um on the boundary between one of the richest zip codes in the country and a um dual income no kid urban neighborhood and so elizabeth and i at that time were dinks you know we lived in a cool apartment that we could walk to everywhere we wanted to. And so we walked to church. And so this right one stuffy smells and bells place said, you know, our neighborhood around here is changing. This is a long story. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) Our neighborhood around here is changing. And these folks that, uh, you know, are going to these uh, bars and brunch places and walking their dogs and doing the things that, you know, yuppies do. They're not going to come to smells and Bells, so they invested quite a bit in um, first off a priest who did um, some of his training at Holy Trinity, Brompton, in the UK. If you've done the Alpha course, that's where it comes out of. But it's a um, it's a, a pretty evangelical Anglican church. Like they do a lot in the way of evangelism and outreach whatever. They brought him over. They invested in worship music. I mean, they already invested. They have a wonderful choir and multiple organists and, you know,
0: but they were trying to reach the people yeah, in their, which is a thing,
1: right? And, and when we talk in a couple of weeks to, to Mark Audrey Graves um, about Episcopal music, we invest a ton of mm-hmm. money in Episcopal music, mm-hmm. but it looks like paid organists, paid singers, mm-hmm. um, things like that. How many Episcopal churches think about paying a drummer? Mm-hmm. Or paying a vocalist or paying a guy who plays bass guitar. Um uh, this is probably making some of your skin crawl and uh, listening to this. So this church did whatever. That's the setup for all of this. But but one of the things we did, we did it maybe two years, um, was what's called a youtuberist, And um, you know, I have mixed feelings about it. It drew a crowd for sure, because the music was top notch and it's um, you know, YouTube. 2 they're pretty, Bono in particular, outwardly Christian. And 40, I think, is their only song that is explicitly Christian, explicitly scriptural. But they've got, you know, tons of songs that speak to the oh, yearning they
0: Christianity and mm-hmm. the good news
1: that, that, you know, is available to us. And so it's basically the structure. Of, I mean, it's a Eucharist, but the, the music, the hymnody, and all of that is swapped out. Uh, for U2 and well, all those, you two songs. Well, maybe you find could find a link. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, an interesting thing. It's one of the best, like, there's all these thematic Eucharist. There's a Seuss Christ. There's mm-hmm. a, you know, I think someone did a, a Beyonce Eucharist. Mm-hmm. You know, these are all great. They're all contextual. You may think they're ridiculous because maybe to you they are, um, but there's someone else out there who who this is the the language in which they can hear the gospel. So yeah that's you too, and I great. think
0: that's I think that's really creative in meeting people where they are. Well, let's talk about Psalm forty for a minute. so there are seventeen verses in psalm forty um, do you mind if I read it? Sure, okay, so I wait patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. Many, Lord, my God, are the wonders you have done, the things you planned for us. None can compare to you. Compare with you. Where I speak and tell of your deeds, they would be too many to declare. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but my ears you have opened, burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not require. Then I said, here I am. I have come. It is written about me in the scroll. I desire to do your will. My God, your law is within my heart. I proclaim your saving acts in the great assembly. I do not seal my lips, Lord, as you know. I do not hide your righteousness in my heart. I speak of your faithfulness and your saving help. I do not conceal your love and your faithfulness from the great assembly. Do not withhold your mercy from me, Lord. May your love and faithfulness always protect me. For troubles without number surround me. My sins have overtaken me and I cannot see. There are more than the hairs of my head and my heart fails within me. But please be pleased to save me, Lord. Come quickly, Lord, to help me. May all who want to take my life be put to shame and confusion, May all who desire my ruin be turned back in disgrace. May those who say to me, aha, aha, be appalled at their own shame. But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who long for your saving help always say, the Lord is great. But as for me, I am poor and needy. May the Lord think of me. You are my help and my deliverer. You are my God. Do not delay. So when I read that, I think, I feel like it's like one of the Psalms that we talk about a lot. It has that like up and down flow to it. Like, woe is me. I need help. Not woe is me, but like, I need your help, God. But I also praise you for all the wonderful attributes that God is. And, I think that is such like a human being is right. Like we have those moments of, I need help. I need help. I need help, but I'm also loved. I'm loved. I'm loved by God. And and that's my emotions. It's interesting in one day, like how I can feel my emotions change up and down depending on what's happening in the day. Right. So I really relate to that too. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah. I mean, it, has the whole of human experience, right? I waited patiently for the Lord. He stooped and heard my cry or inclined to hear my cry. Um, So, right, like we've all waited for things. We've all felt like we were stuck in the mire and clay. We've all felt like um, our sins and our failures and our transgressions are more than the hairs on our head. That's not many for me, but, um, you know, all these this vivid imagery in this psalm, um, you know, innumerable troubles have crowded upon me. My sins have overtaken me like all of that, but in the midst of it, um, let all who seek you rejoice in you and be glad. Let those who love your salvation continually say great is the Lord. It's not like, let those whose you know, Problems are all done with, let those who have it all figured out say great is the Lord. It's let those who continually seek you in the midst of the mire and clay, right. in the midst of the enemies, in the midst of, of the waiting. Right? And you think about David's life, assuming David is the the author of this psalm. I mean, I
0: think David is assumed to be the author. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, he had hard things happen in his life. There are stupid things he did that contributed to that. Um but In the midst of all of it, like he was a man after God's own heart. And we talked about that back, Mm you know, a couple months ago. Like David was a screwed up guy, Um, but he is the person in scripture that is called a man after God's own heart. So those who seek after you, you know, that's David admitting, like, I'm trying to figure this out. And, you know, I think about, you know, Psalm 40 has been a constant companion since middle school. Alan, middle school. Alan had everything figured out. I had a perfect childhood. Right? Like, <laughs> literally I mean, I had no cares in the world. Um, and then eighth grade, my grandpa died. And that like my world was shaken. Because
0: Changed. I, that's sure. the
1: first time anything bad had ever happened to me. Right. Um, and I can remember listening to <laughs> stupid you too. Singing this song on my little um, disc man, right, on the bus yes. when all I wanted to do was cry because my grandpa died. Right. But I hear this, you know, how long, oh Lord, to sing this song, right? And then you fast forward and, right, old, innocent, middle school Alan eventually learned real quickly that, that life sucks, mm-hmm. Um But in the midst of it, like where's the joy in it, right? Like, yeah, we all have crap that happens, but at the same time, right? Like we're not stuck in the mire and clay, like in the song, we're not stuck in this because we seek after the Lord. And,
0: yeah, but I also like find great comfort in thinking about middle school Alan who was sad and had this Psalm to go to, even if it was through YouTube, you know, or, or whatever. I mean, not that, I mean, I'm a huge YouTube fan. I'm, I'm all for it, but I think that's, I think that's the beauty of, you know, we, the Psalms are biblical, of course, but they're also, and I can't wait till we talk to Mark, but we might have to have Mark on twice. But they're also music and a lot. I mean, they're supposed to be sung. And so a lot of people relate to music, right? I mean, Richard was talking about that last week. You know, he was like, I feel like all I do is... You know, think about, um, a Bob Marley when I'm, re- you know, or whatever it what, was, which I think it was Bob Marley was talking about. but like it's how it reached people. So for you, if that's what brought you comfort, I think that's amazing and wonderful and great. You know, I, and I'm also like a little jealous because I don't remember a time when I was growing up where I, have a Psalm or any part of scripture that was like of comfort to me. I don't think I was intellectually to that place, but I am now. And I I have reached to that Bible and to the book of common prayer so many times of like, what do I do? Where, where do I go? How do I fix this thing that I've hurt someone or, you know, whatever. So for me, I'm like, just can think about little eighth grade Alan sitting on the bus, listening to his disman and so thankful for God's word, you know?
1: And I think about, right? Like music is a constant companion in my life and in my boys' lives. Like you look at our Spotify and we rank because we listen to music all the time. We're way up there, right? Like we get our mm-hmm. money's worth. Out of and so I think, you know, like, the way that music speaks to us and not just talking about the Psalms, but the Psalms are music. And Psalm 40 talks about, it, he put a new song on my heart or on my lips. Um, and I think about moments in my life, moments in my boys' lives where music. So, right. The boys, moms, and I got divorced. There's a particular song that, you know, the hook is sometimes moms and dads fall out of love. And it's this kid who's an adult talking about his parents' divorce. And like my boys have listened to that and it right. puts words to something that, you know, it is what they it is. They may
0: not be able to put words to themselves though, but they're yeah, but able they can to listen hear to this something. song.
1: And there's just something about music, right? Like when my dad died, Reckless Love, which is another worship song. I listen to worship music and I'm an Episcopal priest, and it's okay to do better. I do too. Yeah. Uh, so there's a song, Reckless Love. Um, so for the three weeks that um, my dad was was dying, I drove back and forth from Houston to uh, to Fort Worth a couple times a week, and um, like I would, li- there's that song's been covered a bunch. I would listen to it literally back to back, almost the whole drive, just because the words. And so now, like every time I hear that song, it puts me in that place, but not in a sad place, right? Because yeah. right. Yeah. You
0: know? yeah, I have I have one of those two. Um, I, uh, Kristen Getty. Um, uh, and maybe you can link this for us. But um, there's a a song that she does. Um, and um, there's this one line. Uh, line it's in Christ alone is the name of the song. But there's just one line that says, "For I am His and He is mine," and like. Just the way the music is set and those words like so deeply affect me knowing that I am Jesus's and Jesus is mine. Um, and so I think that that's like every person in the world can relate to that, whether it's Christian music or, you know, Beyonce or whatever it is, like there, there's something that grabs people in that way and I, and I think that's to kind of circle back that's why we spend a lot of resources on music um because for some people it is just an essential part of their worship experience i always tease that my 8:30 service has 45 people and that's the group that just like doesn't love to sing and and that's okay like that's where they are and they are a tight tight group of people and i'm very thankful for them but the 1030 service is just more well attended and maybe because it's a little bit later. But I think mostly it's because they want that music. That's part of their spiritual experience. And I know um, you have a great um, minister of music. I have a great like I'm grateful for that because that's not my... It's not my wheelhouse. Um, and I I think you've said before you don't love to chant and sing either. So um we're grateful we got good good people surrounding us to do that. Well, I love Psalm 40, and I'm really glad you brought that up. Um I uh I'm gonna be thinking about it a good bit this week, and I I really hope you can find a YouTube Eucharist because um, I think that might be interesting for people. You never know how, how people are going to respond. You know, you just never know. Yesterday afternoon, I, I think I've said this before, y'all. But I, I know I've said this particular part before, but there might this other part I might not have. Um, you know, I've I did my tenth funeral since November fifteenth yesterday afternoon, and it never ever fails. That someone will come up to me who is not an Episcopalian that does not go to the church and that will say, "You did such a beautiful job. That liturgy was just so beautiful. You, I mean, you're so talented." Blah blah. And I'm like, I didn't have a thing to do with it. Like that liturgy is beautiful and is there and it has been going on for years and years. The only part I wrote was the homily, you know, and. But that speaks to people. They say, I'm sure you've heard this before, Alan, but they say a lot of people become Episcopalians because they attend a funeral and they see like an Episcopal funeral and they sort of like see, you know, that liturgy and how it can soak us in. So um, anyway, glad and grateful to talk about Psalm 40. Any parting thoughts for Psalm 40?
1: No, listen to it. Uh, I'll link to it and, you know. And I found a link to Christian Anderson. Of course, it's Christian Anderson.
0: Oh, uh, Christian.
1: Yeah. I remember when they did this. He
0: did a bono eucharist or St.
1: Mary's did the U2 Eucharist. And so we'll have all that link. Go listen to it. And I, you know, I think about the role music plays in our lives. And this will be interesting to talk with Mark when he comes on. I mean, psalms do this, right? There's a number of psalms that um influence popular music, right? Um, hallelujah. You know, um, I heard the song that the chord that David played, um, uh, mm-hmm. all of that. But even non, you're talking about music puts us in a time and a place. You know, the Psalms can do that, right? The last words I'll probably remember when I can't remember anything else is Psalm 23 in the Lord's Prayer.
0: Right.
1: Because you've been with people who don't recognize their spouse, but they can say Psalm 23 with you. Right. Um, You know, there's things that that the Psalms do. There's things that music do that nothing else can. And I don't know why it is. And it's a universal thing, right? Like our music sounds like this and my kids' music sounds terrible. And, you know, folks in some remote tribe have music that is unintelligible maybe to us, just like our music might be to them. But it's all music and it all affects us in different ways.
0: I think that's the Holy Spirit. We can't put a, like, it's why. I just think that's the Holy Spirit at work. I just do. I just do. Well, thanks for sharing about Psalm 40. I'm really grateful. Um, I hope I didn't talk too much, Mom. Um, And listeners, as always, remember, we love you, but most importantly, God does.